Welcome to the Hey Salespeople podcast, where we focus on delivering immediately actionable best practices for sales professionals. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Hey, salespeople, we have a special treat for you with not just one, but two guests. In fact, we have a guest host, Kyle Porter, our CEO of SalesLoft. Welcome, Kyle. Glad to be here, Jeremy. And then our special guest today is Mark Roberge. He is the managing director of Stage 2 Capital. He is a professor at Harvard Business School, former CEO of HubSpot, and most importantly to me, because I'm a big book nerd, he is the author of The Sales Acceleration Formula, which is an absolute must read for everybody in sales and marketing. Kyle and Mark are going to be talking about the science of restarting growth, the when, where, and the how. Uh, but in order to get into that, I'm going to hand it over to Kyle, and then I'll lurk in the background and come back at the end to chime in with a few thoughts. So Kyle, handing it over to you. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jeremy. Mark, so glad to be on with you, brother. Uh, you've been an inspiration and role model for me for many, many years. I want to start with uh, sharing a quick story with you. you. You might not remember this. The first time that I ever spent any significant time with you was at a conference in Boston. This must have been in 2000, maybe 13 or 14. And you told the analogy of your golf swing instructor. Do you remember this? Well, I've told that story so many times, but I remember meeting you, man. Like I remember, I think it was at one of our inbounds potentially, or maybe it was a different marketing conference. We were in a random room sitting at a table. I was talking to you. I think Cummins had just come in and backed you. You maybe had like eight people on your team back then. It was crazy. But I remember your fire, dude. I was like, I, I was excited to, to keep our relationship going because I, I knew we were going to build something, man. Well, thank you very much. Well, I was just going to say that I've used the golf instructor analogy many times and I'll share it with the audience really quickly. You gave one story of when the instructor comes in and gives you like 10 tips in a row on how to swing the golf club. And then you gave the other where he comes in and gives you just one and then you practice it over and over and over. And then you move on to the next tip and practice it over and over and over. And I've used that in sales training and I've also used it in my personal life a bit too. So I just want to say that that's been an impactful to me. But hey, since I'm standing in for Jeremy Donovan today as our moderator, I'm going to kick you off with the icebreaker that he always asks. And I know you're the author of The Sales Acceleration Formula, incredible book. But outside of that book, what's your favorite sales or leadership book out there? Yeah, probably The Go-Giver. It's very much how I like to sell and even how I like to live, which is like give without expectation, give before you want something, you know, and basically life will be a lot easier. The stuff that you need will probably just be very accessible. So it's, that's, it's an easy read. It's a fun read. I love it. That's awesome. It really dovetails in with the, the servant leader mentality that, you know, I espouse to our team and my father taught me when I was in college. Well, let's jump right in, man. We're in the middle of some crazy times, of course, and you know, there's no shortage of talk about the uncertainty of the COVID era that we're going through right now. I tend to believe that years and years from now, one of the biggest questions people will get asked is how did you handle yourself and your company through this period of time? And, and so I'm curious to hear your perspective. And let's talk about it from a sales angle, of course, because we've got great sellers and sales leaders on this podcast. What do you think sellers should be doing now to get through this crazy time during COVID? I would say like the, the number one thing that everybody looks back on those moments on and regrets is not being bolder in their pivot. And I know like everyone's been talking adapt, adapt, pivot, pivot, pivot. And it's a little bit of a tired message. But at the same time, you know, I talk to like a bunch of businesses every day. And it's rare that I find a salesperson, a sales leader, a CEO that's truly pivoted their business as boldly as they should. 
And it, it's, it's like human nature that we just want to do what we've always done. You know, like we spent like the last three years, like figuring out who we sell to, figuring out what message resonates. And it's really hard human nature wise to disattach ourselves from that. But it's just like, again, I've, I've never met a business in the last six weeks where who they were selling to and how they were selling before is the optimal approach now. <laughs> and so I would, as a seller, I would just take a step back and challenge everything. And, and perhaps like the biggest tactical approach that I've, I've seen is like reinstating the film review, you know, like getting people back in a room as a group once a day. Like I was talking to a sales leader this weekend. And um, she was like, yeah, we still do the film reviews. I got 30 people on my team and like we do it once a week together. Like, ah, try this this week. Like you got 30 people on your team. That's probably a pretty disengaged audience. Why don't you do like two a day yourself with six people per or five people per meeting? So each rep is on one or two a week, but you're on 10 a week. I know that sounds like a lot of time, but like, what are you doing with your time right now? And she was like, well, you know, I'm like doing a lot of one-on-ones with my reps, forecast reviews, like helping them with deals, that kind of stuff. I'm like, yeah, I mean, this is just two hours a day. You know, it's basically like 20% of your day. And I think you're going to find that this is going to be a lot more productive for two reasons. Number one, that's 10 live data points a week that you're getting, listening to your customer. I think what you're going to find is your customer is different. Your buyer is a little different. And it's going to allow you to pattern recognize and really recodify the optimal message. And then number two, it's going to give you a platform to hold your team accountable to changing their ways and coaching them in a relatively intimate setting. That's not like 30 to one. Because like, there's no way like we can sit here and optimize it right now, sitting in a room together. We're going to put a theory out there and then just go test it. I wish more people would do that right now because I feel like their efficiency would go up. And the change is on the buyer's side. And so what's really happening is that these conversations your sellers are having with the customers and prospects, the customer is saying different things. Their business has changed. And the greatest thing about these film reviews and these you know, new technologies, and I know, you, you know we got into the conversation intelligence game through an acquisition and we've developed it into our platform. They get the voice of their customer directly from them, Right. So you're in these game reviews, not only is it about how the seller interacts, it's actually the things that the buyer is saying. And we've seen sales managers who are watching and recording all of these videos, the thing that they're capturing is valuable all the way up to the board now, because they get to summarize and say, here's what the customers are saying. So I think that voice of the customer is incredibly important. Yeah, we got to reestablish personas, you know? That's right. The personas are different. The things that they care about right now are different. The structure of the deal may be different. You know, one of the things that we saw at SalesLoft is last year, a lot of our customers bought what we call ramp orders. So they'd say, hey, give me 100 seats, but I'm going to be 130 people on this sales team, you know, in six months. So go ahead and lock that into the contract so we can get this, you know, organized the way we want to. And the ramp orders are not coming the same way as they used to. No one really knows how big their sales org is going to be. So, you know, that means, okay, well, let's not prioritize ramp orders. Let's look at something different. You know, and we're doing it with customers. The other thing I'd say to your point is a good friend of ours, Bill Bench, who was in your category and along the, sale, the marketing automation journey. One of the things he does is he gets his own reps to do some of the training as well. So they come in and they say, I've got a call I want to review or I want to review someone else's call. And that's really neat too, because, you know, to your point about getting the manager two hours a week, 
sometimes you can also get the reps to jump in and do it and they can start kind of honing in those skills and strengthening there. One thing that I know that our audience is looking to solve for is, you know, we've certainly slowed down a bit due to the uncertainty of this time and companies have kind of managed their finances the right way and are securing their businesses. A lot of them, some of them aren't. But as high growth software companies, which many of our customers are and many of the podcast listeners, I know your portfolio companies, they want to get back to market dominance and growth and and market share and and winning in, in these categories. And, and that involves investing and being aggressive. You know, what are you advising your portfolio companies on? It's pretty amazing how we're so like subjective and like loosey goosey on when we decide to scale and how fast. <laughs> the big argument that I make, and I, I, I use this to invest and also to advise companies and accelerate them is to reorient product market for around retention. The problem is that it takes like a year for us to really understand it. You know what I mean? And we don't have that time. Like we can't wait. What we have to seek out is the leading indicators. And this is where it gets fun and hard at the same time. Product market fit is when your leading indicators to customer attention look good. And, and I have a, a lot of thoughts on like, well, what's a good leading indicator to customer attention? Unfortunately, there's no universal answer. We have to ask ourselves like, what can we observe in the first month or two of a customer's life cycle that will strongly correlate with long-term retention? The structure I think about it is X percent of customers doing Y event in Z days. Okay, so it's basically like for Slack, there's is 80% of customers send 2,000 team messages in the first 30 days. For Dropbox, it's 85% of customers share one file through one device in one day. And HubSpot's, ours was, if 70% of our customers used five out of our 25 features within 60 days. Figure out what your definition of lead indicator of success is. And I hope that you see it in the first 30 or 60 days, because then you'll learn fast. And then measure what percent of the customers you signed up in March and what percent of the customers that you signed up in April hit that after 30 days and 60 days respectively. And if that's like 70% above, I think you can check off product market fit. What are your thoughts around the cuts that are happening uh, in the sales orgs and kind of ideas around quota and capacity? You, you have to make the cuts. That's where I'm at. And that's hard from a human standpoint. But we're going to lose all our jobs <laughs> in the business mm -hmm. if we don't keep the business going. Hopefully, we can come up with ways to support our fellow humans that are struggling to find work because that's like the part of the biggest thing that we have going on here. But when it comes to leading a business, I think you got to make those, those tough calls. And as a leader, you got to really look at your budget. And most people make these hard decisions too late. They make them when there's like eight weeks of money left and it's just you're done. And now everyone lost their job. Oh man, you're, I'm going to send you this diagram that I keep on my phone in a folder. It's a race car driver diagram for a 90 degree turn. The first moment in that turn is the late breaking point, right? And so you got to yes. know when to start that late breaking point and then you start to turn in and you want to turn in and cut the corner and hit the late apex. And the minute you hit the late apex is when you put the gas back on for full throttle. And there's so many parallels to what we're doing here today in our businesses. How should quotas be handled? You know, you're looking at, I think, the estimate across the marketplace is that Q2 will likely be 30 to 40% less than what people had forecasted 
are you recommending lowering quotas, boosting accelerators? What's your, I know you're great on compensation. Definitely recommending it, not seeing enough. Obviously it's contextual. Like if you, if you sell the restaurants, you got to lower them a lot. There are some businesses that are accelerating right now, but for the most part, yeah. Uh, I think we're seeing probably on average, like a 20% reduction. And, you know, your salespeople shouldn't be the only team affected when the economy goes down, when everyone mm-hmm. else like, so, so yeah, if you're doing across the board salary cuts, which we recommend as well, like just to keep everyone in this, you know, just have the salespeople be equally affected. Now, the other thing that's strategic here is I did this with Sydney, actually, your, your CMO. It was a great interview. And one of the things we concluded, I think she put it as like brand versus demand, which is brilliant. And what that was is like, there are some companies that are handling this as like super urgent, like close everything as hard as you can right now. We got to show our board and show the world that we're not going to be affected in Q2. It's like, dude, like you are going to be affected. Like everyone mm-hmm. is. And, and, and so what that feels like is like, Hey, I can give you a discount. Let's come in. Are you coming in? If you can't come in this quarter, I'll put you in my list to call about in August. I'm going to go focus on someone else. Like you're hurting your brand to Sydney's point. Yeah, you might squeak out an extra 5% of performance this quarter, but like you just killed your pipeline. Yeah. It's like spam blasting your entire prospect marketplace. Yeah. It might pay off exactly. this week, but it isn't going to pay off in the long run. And, that, and that's not what we're doing versus other people who their reps are like, hey, let's, I don't, let's not even talk about commercials. Like, how are you doing? How's your family doing? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the business for a second. Let's have a human conversation about this. And then it can leak into like, if this thing does come back in August, like what's the first thing your CEO is going to ask of you? And, and Hey, can we help? Like, Hey, is that something we should just put in like free of charge right now just to start working on it? And then we can just revisit the commercials in July. You know what I mean? Now for, to do that, that starts with compensation, right? If that's the behavior you want, I think that's a better behavior is like you, you might finish a little lower in Q2, but your pipe in Q3 and Q4 is going to be phenomenal. And I think your year is going to finish a lot better then that's a huge compliment change of like, let's not talk about bookings in Q2. Let's talk about like real actions around pipeline. We've got all these companies and software that a lot of them have raised money and a lot of them are dependent upon venture capital. One of the things, just as kind of an announcement, I haven't even told this publicly, but through this period of COVID, SalesLoft has made a shift to control our own destiny and not no longer be dependent upon external financing. So that's a good milestone and moment for us. Now, now, that doesn't mean we won't go out and raise money if the timing is right and the deal is good, but we don't have to ever again. And so that's one of the blessings that's come from this period of time. But how do you think the venture market will be you know, available to CEOs and founders you know, within the next six months, 12 months, 18 months? How are you looking at the deals you're doing and whether they'll be follow-on available for them? It's hard to say. Like We're excited to invest. We made an investment last week and Congrats. we're seeing a lot of companies that are actually accelerating. It's, it's a great time to invest, bottom line. It's, like, it's much easier to decipher nice-to-have versus must-have. Valuations come down. They haven't quite come down yet, but they probably will if they perform like past recessions. And competition for deals is lower because many VCs switch a lot of their money toward keeping their existing portfolio going as opposed to making new investments. Mm -hmm. That's what historically has happened. And I do see a lot of that happening. However, what's different here is we've raised a ton of money in the last two years. And I just wonder if this time around, money won't dry up as much as it did in past recessions. But you're in a great spot. I mean, that's the first thing we did with our portfolio is we, we worked on things so they had at least 12 to 18 months of cash. 
if you're a CRO or a sales leader out there, you want to understand that number from your CEO yes. and executive team. How much runway do we have right now? How much cash in the bank? What are we burning? And what is our dependency on external financing? So you can make the confident decision of whether you're in the right spot and help the business to kind of get to where it needs to go. I think that's that's helpful because if you, if you solve those questions for a CRO, it frees them up to then go tackle the other problems and challenges. But if you have uncertainty at that level, I think it's something that can get in the way of productivity. And if you're sitting around and you're banking on like performances similar to pre-COVID, especially if you're in a segment that is affected, which is most, I don't think you're being honest with yourself. There's harder calls. Like do it now before it's too late. Yeah, there's very few companies that are, that's growth has increased through this period of time. You know, hope is never a strategy is uh, the title of the book, of course. Um, Mark, this has been fantastic. I think we could talk forever about sales strategies and best practices. And I love devouring your content and all the advice you give and grateful for what you're doing out in the community, helping these companies get up and running. I know a lot of these CEOs and founders don't have the level of go-to-market experience and, and wisdom and input. And a lot of the traditional venture investors don't focus on go-to-market like you do. And you know, thanks to, for putting that first and foremost in the, the portfolio companies you invest in. It's really going to help this market and economy. And you know, we're all going to grow on the backs of, of sales through, through COVID. This is how we're going to get out of it. And a lot of the digital sales tactics that many have now taken, uh, I don't think you can put that genie back in the bottle. We've learned how to sell in a new era and, uh, and it's going to continue forever. And so um, super excited to have you on. We'll hand it back to Jeremy and let him wrap up. I got six really awesome takeaways. So I'm just going to rattle them off real quick to the listeners. The first was for salespeople and their managers to double down on that film review with twice a day coaching with five or six reps, as opposed to trying to coach 30 over Zoom all at the same time. I think that's a great tip. The second thing is I love the discussion you guys had around retention with growth being the best indicator of company health and for each company to think about what their leading indicators are in that format of X percent of customers doing Y events and Z days. Uh, third big takeaway from me was, Mark, relating to your conversation that you had a little a few weeks back with Sydney on basically don't hurt your brand by trying to squeeze an extra 5% out of this quarter. Take your time, be empathetic and patient, and business will come back. The fourth of the six things I got was uh, scaling should be a continual process, not in bursts. And then the fifth one was, you know, this is a great time to invest. I think that's encouraging for the folks who are listening who aspire to be to be entrepreneurs or looking for great jobs at, at high growth companies, and then always time to reinvent yourself. I, I definitely believe in that. And I, I reinvented myself plenty of times over my, my uh, two decade career. So Mark, again, thanks so much for being on and Kyle, thanks for guest hosting. Maybe last thing I'll say is any, anything, you know, kind of parting words, what, what do you want to tell the audience? Anything else to where can people find you or what should people be thinking about? Yeah, you can always find me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active. I just say, just reinvent yourself. You're going to be depressed if you just think, oh, I was like, oh, if this didn't have that didn't happen, February was awesome. If you reinvent yourself, it's an opportunistic context. So I hope you all can do that. The new, new Mark Robert's speaking reinvented. <laughs> hey, Salespeople is a production made in partnership with Frequency Media. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan. Paige McCauley is our producer. Peter Lepinto is our editor. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are found. Thanks for listening to the Hey Salespeople podcast.